أشهد أن محمد الرسول الله أشهد أن محمد الرسول الله حي على الصلاة الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونستهديه ونعوذ بالله تعالى من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأن سيدنا محمدا عبده ورسوله وصفيه من خلقه وخليله بلغ الرسالة وأدى الأمانة ونصح للأمة فكشف الله تعالى به الغمة وجاهد في الله حق جهاده حتى أتاه اليقين من ربه اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد الرحمة المهداة وعلى آل بيته الطيبين الطاهرين وعلى أصحابه وعلى من تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون All praises belonging to Allah عز وجل May the peace and blessings be upon his beloved Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and upon his family and companions in entirety we ask Allah azza wa jal on this blessed day of Friday to make us agents for goodness and agents for change for the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us better ourselves and better our communities and our families may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala use us to bring about goodness for the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and give healing to our brothers and sisters in Gaza and in Palestine, and to give healing to our brothers and sisters in all parts of the world that are facing difficulty and trials and affliction, to our brothers and sisters in Sudan and in, and in Syria and in Yemen and in Iraq and in Kashmir and other parts of this globe that are facing ill afflictions and trials. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal to give them all victory and support and to help us see a unified ummah. An ummah unified upon virtue, upon goodness, and upon ihsan and benevolence, bringing goodness to humanity wherever it goes. Allahumma ameen, Allahumma ameen. Amma ba'd, 
Brothers and sisters, we've been reflecting on Gaza for nearly three months now, two and a half months plus, as the continuation of this aggression in Gaza continues to bring about change, insha'Allah, and bring about inspiration, insha'Allah, for the Ummah of Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Brothers and sisters, what's happening there? truly is not the only pain that we as an ummah feel. There are other wounds that are very deep. They run very deep in other parts of the ummah. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made those situations and Gaza along with it catalysts for really awakening us as individuals, awakening us to observe greater priorities and greater commitments in our personal lives to really become dedicated to the, our purpose in this existence. We truly feel the pain of our Muslim brothers and sisters wherever they are. That should be the disposition of the believer. Whether it makes the news and the headlines or not. Whether I'm from there or not. And we addressed this in the last khutbah uh, as we were discussing elevating and refining our concerns and developing a sense of selflessness. These events that are happening around the world need to change me. I need to bring this back home to my heart, my soul, my function, my behavior. The way I deal with those around me needs to change in light of all, what's hap- all of that's happening in the world. Brothers and sisters, we pray that it is a catalyst for change. This is our dua. As we pray that Allah Azza wa stops all the bloodshed and all of the aggression that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turns away the oppressors and doesn't allow them to fulfill their intent. We also pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really shows us the path forward for us as individuals and as an ummah. As we were conceptualizing, conceptualizing Gaza and the community of Gaza, we reflected on a lot of different things. How it's being highlighted to us that Gaza is not a place of worldliness. We've seen places of worldliness. There are people in mansions in the most posh areas in our country who wish that they had the hope that the people of Gaza had. So in that sense, Gaza is demolishing this sense of worldliness. It's, it's highlighting authenticity. It's a place of authenticity, sincerity, sacrifice. We're not seeing gangs of murderous people who are trying to take advantage of the situation and loot and rob others of their possessions. We're seeing a community come together to make dua, to be patient with their trials. That should inspire us to become selfless in our own personal lives and to elevate our concerns as well. Last week we were speaking about how sometimes life thrusts us into certain positions. And we would have never expected our reaction to those situations until we were actually in them. The people of Gaza don't have the luxury of thinking about petty nonsense. Hey, guess what? The people who do have the luxury and ease in their lives to think about petty nonsense often find that it eats away at their lives. We need to reflect on this, especially in this khutbah and the next. We're going to have a lot of our, our children with us off of schools, 
take this to heart. Think about this. Gaza, Sudan, Syria before all that, Iraq, Yemen. These areas need to change me. They need to change how I operate as a person. Historically, brothers and sisters, victory in Palestine didn't come about quickly or randomly. We have the example during the time of the Khulafa, during the time of Sayyidina Umar. And then we have another gleaming and bright example during the time of Salah al-Din. Each of these situations did not come about randomly. They did not happen in a day or a week or a month or a year. It required something that we need to focus on right now. What is that? Generation building. Changing the perceptions, the values, the character of a generation is what will lead to Fath Bayt al-Maqdis once again. There's no denying. We cannot deny whether you're Palestinian or not. It has nothing to do with being Palestinian. There's no denying that historically in our Islamic tradition, Allah has made Bayt al-Maqdis a rallying call for the Ummah. We've seen it. Bayt al-Maqdis was not conquered during the time of the Prophet ﷺ. Even though he's khayrul khalqi ajma'een. But the Prophet ﷺ built the generation that set a standard that's so refined and elevated for humanity when Sayyidina Umar came in for Fath Bayt al-Maqdis. Brothers and sisters, changing the condition of the Ummah is not about money. Muslims have tons of money. It's not about money. It's about building hearts, changing perceptions. That's what it's about. Muslims today have tons of money. But if this financial prosperity is not directed by a sense of purpose and a greater calling, a mission, if we as an ummah are not mission driven, then guess what? My money is going to be for me, myself and I until I die and then it will be for those after me and that's the end of it. We need to reflect on this. This is a critical point from this khutbah. I need to embody this bigger purpose, this greater purpose. I need to become a fulfiller of needs. I need to become a servant to others, a servant to humanity. The more my life is about me, guess what? The lesser value it has. This is something that every one of us should take to heart. We should talk about this with our kids. The more my life is about me, myself, and I, the less value it's going to have. Brothers and sisters, the common link between all of the prophets is this sense of service and duty. Is this sense of mission, this sense of sacrifice. Tell me your sacrifices, it'll speak volumes to who you are as a person. What are your sacrifices? Are your sacrifices personal, private, and relating to your selfish endeavors? Is that what your sacrifices are? Or are they relating to something bigger? What are your, our sacrifices on a personal level, brothers and sisters? What's driving that? I want to taste this. I want to taste this. Let me try to taste serving others, becoming a fulfiller of needs. And you know what? Let me take my kids along with me. Hey, you know what? My son, my daughter, I want, I want you to feel value and true value in your life. Come with me. We're going to go help people. 
We're going to go help people. We're going to try to find those who are in most need. And we're going to try to give it to them. As in the Quran experience of Inama نُطْعِمُكُمْ لِوَجْهِ اللَّهِ لَا نُرِيدُ مِنْكُمْ جَزَاءً وَلَا شُكُورًا I'm not expecting anything back. I just want to do the right thing. I want to serve people. One critical question I need to ask myself, I need to ask my kids if I have any. Will I live as a giver or as a taker? What am I going to live as? Who am I going to choose to be? Someone who's upon this earth just consuming things for me, myself and I, or am I really going to be someone who lives a sense of selflessness that gives my life value way beyond I'm gone? When they speak about the Prophet ﷺ, it was in this light. The Prophet ﷺ was a light for others. How can I be a light for others? This is what the stories of Gaza are centered on. These people haven't chosen this role, but sometimes Allah chooses you for a role. The stories like Ruh al-Ruh and the one that we, we, Abu Diya, as we've spoken about him for several weeks, as he was dealing with bidding farewell to his granddaughter. Or the mother that we mentioned last week as she was saying goodbye to her kids. And she was saying, Asafir fil Jannah. I'm guilty. I feel guilty because I'm not with you. Your birds in Jannah. Say salam to Ammar ibn Yasir. Say salam to Rasulullah as she was bidding her children uh, uh, farewell very emotionally. These scenes from Gaza point us back to this reality. How can I be a light for others? How can I be a source of guidance and a source of inspiration for people? The Prophet ﷺ was so much a light for others that when he came to Yathrib, they changed the name of the city. As they said about Sayyidina Rasulullah ﷺ, لما كان اليوم الذي دخل فيه رسول الله ﷺ المدينة أضاء منها كل شيء. They said about the Prophet ﷺ, when he came to Medina, he lit everything in it. And when it was the day that he passed away, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, they said that darkness came to it. And they're saying this because of the great love they had for the Prophet. Of course, Medina al Munawwara is still al Medina al Munawwara. But Sahib al Nur, Sahib al Huda, the Prophet, the one of illumination and guidance. Taught his ummah, hey, you guys want value in your life. Remember my example. Look at this beautiful prophetic example. When a woman came to the Prophet, she was an elderly woman. Brothers, so that brothers don't have to walk between the rows, please come forward so that they could fill in the last row as they come in. Wherever you find spaces, please fill them in. When it comes time for salah, we'll figure it out. Move forward. Jazakumullah khair. The Prophet ﷺ told this elderly woman, جَاءَتْ امْرَأَةٌ إِلَىٰ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ فَقَالَتْ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ إِنَّ لِي إِلَيْكَ حَاجَةٌ He came, this woman came to him وسلم, and she said, I need you. I need you. إِنَّ لِي إِلَيْكَ حَاجَةٌ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ so then the Prophet ﷺ said, Ya Umma Fulan, 
اجلسي في اي نواحي السكك شئتي حتى اجلس اليك he said go wherever you want to go in medina sit wherever you want to sit I'm, so i could sit with you and talk about your need what do you want فجلس النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اليها حتى قضى حاجتها نبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كان قاضي الحاجات prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم was a fulfiller of needs brothers and sisters what does this have to do with gaza as we said before this generation building is centered on every one of us embodying certain virtues that lead to a sense of ihsan and excellence in the ummah of Muhammad We spoke about detachment from worldliness and toxic worldly attachments. We spoke about embodying truth and being genuine. And last week we spoke about refining our concerns and becoming selfless people. Brothers and sisters, these virtues affect the ummah to its core. If I truly want justice and I can't implement it and apply it in my business or with my employees or with my family, then how on earth can I accept the lie that I'm truly about justice? No, I need to embody this and live by it. I need to live by these virtues. Brothers and sisters, think about the greatness of the Prophet ﷺ in what is seen outwardly as one of the weakest points, quote-unquote, in his life, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Prophet sallallahu it wasn't actually a weak point, but it appeared like that. Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, hadi al-ummah, murshid al-millah, the guide for the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, went on his feet to Ta'if, 75 miles away, to call people to Allah Azza wa Jal, only to be rejected in the most ugliest of ways. They kicked him out of the town and they stood on the path out of Ta'if, two rows, children, peasants, rocks in their hands. Every time the Prophet would take a step, they would throw a stone at his feet. Bloodied and bruised, he made it to this garden that belonged to Utbah and Shayba, Ibn Rabi'ah. They were two nobles, leaders from Quraysh, and they felt pity for the Prophet ﷺ. But little did they know that Allah Azza wa Jal, through these events, highlighted the greatness of Muhammad ﷺ. Brothers and sisters, yes, a part of this is unattainable. No one will be a prophet, we know that. No one will gain wahi. We know that. But the Prophet ﷺ is the standard bearer for goodness in life. What is al-hayat tayyibah? What is it centered on? The pleasant life is centered on amal salih, on khidmah, on service. These are values I need to drill in my heart and in my children's heart. If I'm going to leave any legacy or any goodness in their hearts, I need to drill this within them. Brothers and sisters, sometimes these are drilled into a person because of their afflictions and trials. And that's what leads us back to Gaza. That's what we said. As we said last week, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, through the great bala, that has befallen them, the people of Palestine in general, and the people of Gaza in specific, has drilled within them virtues. They don't have the luxury to deal with the pettiness that people who have an easy life have the luxury to deal with. 
So we need to drill these virtues within us if we'll be part of this change. For the ummah, goodness in life is coming through khidmah and service. The Prophet ﷺ was taught this in a beautiful way. He makes it to this garden. They looked at him with pity. They're the ones worthy of pity. Who knows anything about Utbah and Shayba ibn Rabi'ah? If you could say more than one line, I would be utterly impressed. No one cares about Utbah and Shayba or Abu Jahl or Umayyah. No one cares about them. They're to the trash bins of history. Amma Rasulullah look at this beautiful dua that's mentioned in the books of hadith and in the books of seerah all over. Prophet Sallallahu in a state of brokenness makes this dua that many may misunderstand. This dua highlights strength, not weakness. It highlights the greatness of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, not his weakness. The dua, we all know it. Allahumma ilayka ashku da'fa quwwati wa qillata hilati wa hawani ala nas It's long dua. Prophet Sallallahu says, I complain to you, O Allah. And complaining to Allah is not complaining. Complaining to Allah is ubudiyah. Is to be in a state of devotion. Brokenness before Allah, exposing our vulnerability to Allah Azza is a source of strength for the mu'min. He says, I complain to you, O Allah, for my lack of ability. I want to do more. I want to guide people. I want to change society. I want to change the world. I wish I had the ability to change the hearts of people. The Prophet ﷺ had this empathy. If I'm going to become selfless, I need to learn empathy. Wallahi, it's an utter catastrophe. How we have still to this day, and I shared with you guys this last week. We still have until now people who are sort of unfazed about what's happening in Gaza and in Palestine. Because what? It doesn't relate to me. I don't have family there. I'm not Palestinian. I'm not Arab. I'm not Kedha. I'm Sha'arifi. I'm just in my own little bubble going to work, school, and then that's the end of it. I'm living a personal, private, selfish life that carries little meaning, little virtue, little value. Brothers and sisters, Muhammad was pained because he couldn't help people emerge out of darkness and into light. That's the empathy that I need to feel. Empathy is different than sympathy. Utbah and Shayba, they felt sympathy. The Prophet ﷺ felt empathy. He felt as though what they were going through were afflicting him directly. He was feeling it, ﷺ. He was a person of great empathy, and all the Prophets were people of great empathy. Anyone who cares to change society needs to be a person of empathy. I need to learn empathy, the Prophet ﷺ. In this brokenness, he made this dua. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala highlighted the greatness of Muhammad They sent a boy, a Christian slave boy, Adas, with a plate of grapes to the Prophet Go give it to him. Poor guy. He got chased out of Ta'if. And then they saw the greatness of Muhammad highlighted. This Christian boy recognized the greatness of Muhammad when he took the grapes and he said, Bismillah. And he said, what, is the, what are these words? I, these are words that the people in this area do not say. And then he explained to him. And he asked him, where are you from? He said, I am from uh, Nainawa, the, in Iraq. And he said, this is the place of Yunus ibn Metta. He said, yeah, how do you know Yunus ibn Metta? He said, huwa akhi. Dhaka nabi wa ana nabi. He is a prophet, I am a prophet. And then 
Addas started kissing the head of the Prophet ﷺ and his hands and his feet and he became a Muslim because he was exposed to the azamah and greatness of Muhammad ﷺ. Then Allah Azza wa Jal highlighted the greatness of Muhammad ﷺ through the support he received from the angels. Jibreel ﷺ on his way back from Ta'if came to him and he said, Allah has sent the angel of the mountains to be at your order of Muhammad or, or, or Muhammad if you wish and decree we will collapse upon them the mountains and will destroy your enemies look at this every lesser person would say yeah destroy them but the Prophet again the Prophet truly wanted to be an agent for change and if you want to be that you can't be a person who is selfish in your aims he said, no, leave them. Leave them, perhaps Allah Azza wa Jal will bring, bring forth from their children those who will be believers, people of goodness. And then the Prophet وسلم, as he got closer to Mecca from Ta'if, Sayyidina Zayd, who was with him for this journey, looked at him and he said, Kaifa? How can you possibly go back in Mecca when they kicked you out? How can you do that? How can you do that? So the Prophet ﷺ said to him, Ya Zayd, Inna Allah ja'ilun lima tara farajan wa makhraja wa inna Allah nasirun deenahu wa mudhirun nabiyya. Prophet ﷺ was told, Don't worry, it's going to get better. It will be, there will be a way out. There will be ease after hardship. There will be victory. Allah will allow His deen to spread and Allah will support His Prophet. All of this, the Prophet could have said, you know what, why do I need this? People are difficult. Change is too hard. Change is impossible. We have people in this day to this moment, who still believe that it's impossible for the Ummah of Muhammad وسلم, to ever change. They'll say this all the time. Ah, Muslims will never change. Muslims will never gain strength again. Muslims are always fighting and always differing. This is such a common statement on the tongues. Brothers and sisters, we need to be that change. The only way you do away with darkness is by bringing light. Light is what extinguishes darkness. Ihsan is what does away with oppression. Excellence. These are things that aren't easy to embody. The Prophet ﷺ could have said, Who cares about Mecca? Who cares about Ta'if? Let them get the destruction that they deserve. But the Prophet ﷺ is teaching the Ummah, Refine your thought. Have elevated values. The path to change is very difficult and arduous. Until we got to that point where the likes of Umar al-Farooq came to the doors of Jerusalem and he was, his clothes were dirty and his appearance was disheveled and the one who had the keys to the city, the head uh, patriarch of Jerusalem as he was waiting for Amir al-Mu'mineen saw the disposition of Amir al-Mu'mineen. And Sayyidina Umar knew it very well. We're an ummah who truly has greatness 
because of its morals and its values, not because of its houses, its cars and its real estate. No, 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 none of that. Someone could have all of those things and be utterly bankrupt. That's what I need to teach myself and I need to teach my children. I need to teach my children this. Brothers and sisters, we have a role to changing the condition of the Ummah Muhammad Wasallam. If I don't care about Ummah and I don't know what Ummah is, then how will I ever get to this point where I will be this beacon of light wherever darkness is? This is the most meaningful way to speak about Gaza and Palestine right now, brothers and sisters. Bring it back home. We had months of emotion, months of emotion, anger, hope, right? Sadness. What are we going to put this emotion to work towards? Brothers and sisters, I'm, I'm going to go back to Gaza because that's what this is really about. Yeah, when I talk about selflessness, it's about Gaza. Yes, when I talk about um, being a giver and being um, a person who's in service of the Ummah, I'm talking about Gaza because that's how this whole conversation started. Yeah, it's not just a war between two conflicting parties. Yeah, it's not just a genocide against the people of Palestine. No, 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 it's not. It is the pulse of the Ummah of Muhammad Wasallam today. Brothers and sisters, why do the people of Gaza inspire us? Let's go back to this question. There are three main reasons that I believe Gaza, among all of the atrocities, and all of them are equally painful to us, equally painful to us, We've had to deal of, uh, with over a decade of atrocities in Syria. The country destroyed because the corrupt powers of the world, among them the leaders of our country and other superpowers, are using their power to use Syria as this platform of uh, proxy uh, battle and proxy warfare against each other. Conflicting Parties that have divided the country and it's destroyed. Yeah, we're, equal, we're, we're in so much pain. And we've spoken about it so much, about what's happening in Syria. Yeah, we have not forgotten all of the other, all of the other wounds the Ummah has in the many countries that we would not do justice by just listing them. Yeah, we're pained by all of this. But brothers and sisters, we are an Ummah that has a mission that has a purpose. It's not limited to a nation or a culture or a language or an ethnicity. No, 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 none of that. Why do the people of the Gaza inspire us? It's because of deen and iman. Their reactions, beautiful, because it's linked to a greater calling, a true sense of purpose, a relentless commitment. That's one reason why the people of Gaza are inspiring us. There's another reason. It shows us there's an alternative path. And we said this a few minutes ago. There are people in mansions who have all of the dunya they could ever, ever wish for. They'll never be able to spend it through their lifetimes. Yet they wish they had the hope of People in plastic tents. We mentioned some of the stories last week. These uh, refugees within Gaza displaced once, twice, and thrice. 
going from Shamal to Janub, the northern part of Gaza to the southern part, and then going from Khan Yunus to Rafah, and sitting in these plastic tents, sitting on the floor, no food, nothing. There's people who wish, they'd pay all the money in the world that they had the same hope that these people have. There's an alternative path. Yeah, your dreams are not going to be fulfilled by you pursuing this career path or getting this degree from this Ivy League college. Wake up! Gaza should burst your bubble. Life is not about that degree or that career or that money or that car or whatever else it is. It's not about that. Wake up! People are losing that every single day. They have everything in terms of dunya that they could ever desire. And then they just slip, they're just taken away from this dunya. In a moment, all away from those pleasures and those desires. Gaza gives us an alternative path to living. There's another reason, there's a third reason. There's hope. Gaza and Palestine and what's happening now in Gaza and in the West Bank is teaching us that there's hope for the Ummah of Muhammad Wasallam. No, it's not hopeless and helpless. No, it's not. The so-called peace process in Palestine has only inspired hopelessness and despair. That's all it's inspired through its decades of all this fakeness and disingenuous efforts, these fraudulent efforts by people who are negotiating it, such a one-sided negotiation. And these human beings don't even represent Palestine or the Palestinian people or the Ummah of Muhammad at all. The so-called peace process is a sham. And Gaza has shown us that. Because it's given us other hope for the Ummah of Muhammad Brothers and sisters, these are things we need to take to heart. We need to cause these things to wake, awaken our souls. To become better people who have a sense of purpose and commitment. I need to drive myself to real change. I need to really, really embody the prophetic, prophetic empathy and the prophetic ethos to living. That's what the Prophet Muhammad set as a standard for us as an ummah. I ask Allah Azza wa to make us a people who are fulfillers of needs, as Muhammad was. Who are servants to humanity, as Muhammad was. Who are standard bearers for change in our modern times. Who are bringing goodness to every place of this earth that we reside. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to see this goodness come together from the east and west and north and south. Wherever the members of the Ummah Muhammad reside. In one unified effort for the revival of the Ummah. Allahumma ameen, Allahumma ameen. Du'allahu antum muqibnuna bil ijabah. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wassalatu wassalamu ala Sayyidina Muhammadin ashrafil khalqi wa Sayyidil mursaleen wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Ya ayuhal ladhina amanu attaqullaha wal tanzur nafsum ma qaddamat li ghadin wa attaqullaha inna allaha khabirun bima ta'amaloon. Brothers and sisters, as we said, there's something that's changing in the hearts. People want to do something. People really, really, really want change. And I could tell you from my years of being around these situations in this position, I've never ever been texted or messaged so many times by different people, oh, we're not doing enough. 
We need more nights of dua. Uh, we're not doing enough. We need to uh, highlight efforts in terms of boycotting and in terms of reaching out to local officials. We're still three months in and people haven't lost steam in going out to protests and in terms of speaking out and doing different functions. In our masjid in ICPC Patterson, we had this, uh, this fundraiser through the khutbah last week for surgical missions in Gaza. These are doctors in our country, Muslim, many of them Muslims, not all of them are Muslims, going on surgical missions to Gaza to help people who had their legs amputated, their arms amputated, giving them prosthetic legs or finding them means of survival after the atro- atrocities that the terrorist regime of Israel, may Allah hasten its demise. May Allah hasten the demise of Israel and of Zionism and make it in the trash bins of history. Allahumma ameen. May Allah rid our country of the chokehold that Zionism has placed on American politics. Allahumma ameen. Allahumma ameen. Brothers and sisters, in that one khutbah, hundreds of thousands of dollars were gathered for this beautiful cause to help our brothers and sisters over there. People want to do good things. This is something that's so unique that people are inspired. I want to just be part of change. Tell me what I could do. Brothers and sisters, we want this to remain sustained for the Ummah of Muhammad Wasallam. Teach your children this as they're at home. They're going to be at home for 10 days. Wallahi, it'll be a massive loss if the next 10 days are spent binge-watching Netflix or Amazon Prime or video games Five hours a day, it will be an utter loss if my children's heads are fried on call of duty as the people of Palestine are living call of duty. Brothers and sisters, talk about your kids. Talk to your kids about this. Talk to your kids about this. The more your life is about you, the lesser its value. Your blessings are not yours. The Prophet ﷺ taught us this. Prophet ﷺ says, Inna lillahi aqwaman. Teach your children, your blessings are not yours. These are an amana in your possession. If you use your blessings the way Allah wants you to use them, then guess what? He'll, he'll preserve it for you. And if you deny the blessings of Allah sooner or later, you're going to find it stripped away from you. Brothers and sisters, we need to be a people of ma'roof and a people of goodness. That is how Muhammad taught us to live. The Prophet he teaches us this. He teaches being a person of goodness pushes away awful outcomes to a person's life. Live a life of service. Wallahi, you'll find immense barakah in every step you take. And in every decision you make, this was the barakah of Muhammad and this was the prophetic legacy he left behind for humanity altogether. May Allah Azza wa Jal give us al-hayah al-tayyibah, the pleasant life through service. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us a people who are enamored with doing good things, of being a people of, 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 of true khidmah and a people of true mahabba and love. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us a people who are enamored with instilling love in the hearts of people towards Allah and towards goodness. That's one of the hadiths of the Prophet. It's one of the hadiths of the companions, I should say. Abu Darda, he says, The most beloved of people to Allah are the ones 
who make Allah beloved to people. May Allah Azza wa allow us to live in that beauty, in that prophetic guidance. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give victory to the ummah of Islam in our lifetimes. Allahumma ameen, Allahumma ameen. Allahumma fillana warhamna wa'afina wa'afu anna wa tajawaz an sayyatina. Allahumma fillli saghirina wa kabirina wa dhakarina wa unthana wa shahidina wa ghaibina. Allahumma anhiyyatahu minna fahiyya ala al-eeman wa man amattahu minna fahmitu ala al-islam. Allahumma aj'al khayra umrina akhira wa khayra amalina khawatima wa khayra ayamina yawman al-qaqa fi wa antaradhan anna. Ameen, ameen wa akhidu anna. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Just a reminder, we pray Asr immediately after Adhan which is going to be about 10 minutes after we finish, inshallah. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah, Ashadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah, Hayya ala al-salati, Hayya ala al-falah, Qad qamati al-salatu, Qad qamati al-salat, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illa Allah, Insha'Allah. Brothers, if you see any space in front of you, taqaddamu ilal amam, ifsahu yafsahillahu lakum. Please, if you see any space, zakumullah khair. Any space, fill it in. Allahu Akbar. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إذا زلزلت الأرض زلزالها وأخرجت الأرض أثقالها وقال الإنسان ما لها يومئذ تحدث أخبارها بأن ربك أحالها يومئذ يصدر الناس أشتاتا ليروا أعمالهم فمن يعمل مثقال ذرة خيرا يره وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةٍ شَرًّا يَرَهُ الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله 
gewonnen. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Ar-Rahmanirrahim Maliki Yawmiddin. Iyyaka na'budu wa iyyaka nasta'in. Uhdina as-sirat al-mustaqim. Sirat al-lazina an'amta alayhim. Wairi al-maghdubi alayhim waladdallin. Amin. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wailun likulli humazatin lumazah Alladhi jama' ma'alahu wa'addadah Ihsabu anna ma'alahu akhladah Kalla layunbadhanna fil hutamah Wa ma'adara kamal hutamah Narullahi al-muqadah Allati tattani'u ala al-af'idah Innaha alayhim mu'sadah في عمد ممددا الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه وله as we said inshallah we're going to pray عصر in about eight minutes as soon as the comes in inshallah um, uh, th there's a lot of things happening in the masjid, uh, you know, as this weekend. We have a program tonight, Q&A session uh, for the Friday Forum. It's happening after Salat al-Isha. And then we also have a program tomorrow for young kids in the ICPC Patterson. Uh, it's called 